0: This week on the recruitment flex, charging men more to attend an event. Is it the opposite of diversity? Indeed, reports their Q1 results and one number stands out 50% drop in paid job postings. We tell the full story and the tool of last resort the sign on bonus plus ta tech deciding on good fast or cheap trf with my dad and shelly starts after this message from our partner van hack hey shelly do you remember the days of being in corporate talent acquisition
1: oh absolutely Every time the phone rang, it was another staffing agency claiming to be innovative and different.
0: I used to wonder when someone would truly elevate the industry.
1: Well, hold on to your hat here,
0: because that's exactly what VanHack has done. Shelly, picture this. A closed community of pre-verified tech talent ready to relocate to Canada with all the paperwork taken care of. Sounds too good to be true?
1: Well, not anymore. VanHack has made it a reality. They have built the community of skilled software developers eager to make the move, and they handle the entire immigration process.
0: And that's not all, they're taking it up a notch. Companies with offshore development teams listen up. Van Hack's introducing the Canadian Engineering Office. Move your entire dev team to Canada, and Van Hack handles all the nitty gritty details of immigration and relocation.
1: So, can you imagine, Serge? The applause from your CIO if you were to walk into his office and bring this solution to the table.
0: Shelly, every time I walk into an office, I get applause. But that's not all. <laughs> the best part is they've got certified immigration consultants on board who've done this countless times. They understand that every family situation is unique. Revolutionize the way you recruit, relocate and retain talent because when it comes to innovation in the talent acquisition world, VanHack is leading the charge.
1: Get ready to be the hero of your company. Check out VanHack.com today.
0: Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Surge and Shelly. I'm Surge.
1: And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now.
0: Bonjour and welcome to the Recruitment Flex. Shelly, what is new in your world? Oh my God.
1: Surge, I don't know if Mars is in retrograde or some fucking thing. There's been so many weird things happening lately that are just like, I don't know. What and happened? Like, What are you talking oh about? Oh my goodness. Well, you know, I've got two cats, right? So it appears that maybe one of my cats half injured a mouse and left it to rot. Look, Wait. we're in the basement. And the smell, it was just like, oh my God, I went out and bought every disinfecting product that there is available in the market. We live in the city, right? You just don't expect it. If you live out on an acreage or something like that, like maybe then you expect it. But I don't know. It just weirded me out. I'm not a fan of like bugs or
0: rodents. Shelly, sometimes I think we live in parallel worlds because I had a, a little bit of a different experience, but my house got infested with box elder bugs, which I guess are attracted to ash trees, box elders, which I think is a tree, maple tree. My neighbor has a very big ash tree right next to my house that goes over my deck. Well, imagine waking up one morning and going on the deck and there's thousands of this bug that has this like red strip and then reading up on it. They're harmless, but they can go into your house and just create. Oh, God. OK,
1: right. I'm having nightmares already. Are you are you kidding me?
0: Yes. Is that not house? what
1: they make horror movies about?
0: Oh, 100%. And I ended up doing the research and I got rid of the big slew of them, right? I mass murdered a ton of them and you can mass murder them with water and soap. So that's great. Okay. But ever since that, I've been going out every hour with a soap and water spray gun and just shooting them when I see them, like killing the baby, killing the eggs. So I spent like the last five days, probably four or five hours a day just killing these bugs because I don't want them to get too comfortable because I read if you make them really uncomfortable, they're just going to move on to the next tree. And there's a ton of those trees in my neighborhood. So I'm like, sorry, neighbors, but I got rid of it. It's overwhelming. It's crazy. I got really scared when I Googled it and then the stories of them getting into the house when it gets colder. And suddenly they're coming out of every electrical circuit and your lights and coming out of every corner trying to find heat. So- no, thank you. I am on top of it. I will not let it propagate even more. But Shalia, in other news, like I was looking at the show notes and you shared that there was a shooting at Market Mall where Brooke works. I had no clue. I didn't hear about it. I
1: know. And she was on shift and she didn't know. So it happened at two o'clock on a Saturday. Super busy. Brooke's there working at Eddie Bauer at the south end of the mall which is where the shooting took place, but it was in the parking lot outside. She knew nothing. She finished her shift. She then continued to meet up with a girlfriend and do some shopping at the mall. And then she left. Reports were that the mall was on lockdown and there was police everywhere. But no, she has an employee in the mall. Security never said a word. Oh. And so I get a text from a family member who was like, hey, did Brooke work today or she still at work? And I'm like, no, she worked earlier today. I'm like, why? She sent through this news flash. And yeah, super safe neighborhood. I don't think ever in the history of this part of the city has there been like somebody gunned down and killed at two o'clock in the afternoon in a busy mall parking lot. Like, wow. But what was even wilder was that mall security did not notify any of the stores at that end of the mall. It was hours later before they knew.
0: Yeah, I had no clue. I had no clue. So I'm glad she's safe. I'm glad everyone's yeah, safe. Yeah, because
1: you know, I talk about Brooke all the time. And I think a lot of our listeners know that she worked at the parking mall at Bauer, And she'd be yeah, happy I- to sell you a lovely, lightweight winter jacket.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Shelly, I want to get your take on something. So, okay, what is it? A local staffing startup who is focused in women in tech has an event and I saw the ticket prices and it shocked me. So I looked at the ticket price. So for men, ticket prices are $164 and for women, it's $145. And it states right under, because of the gender pay gap, women pay less than men. What's your take on that?
1: Well, my first reaction, honestly, is touche. Because yeah. here's my biggest pet peeve. When you go to buy dress pants in a menswear store and you need them altered, like hemmed or whatever, there is no cost to you. Where you go right next door to the women's wear, and if you need your pants hemmed, they're going to charge you an extra $35. So that was my first reaction. But now I've had okay. a chance to think about it, and I thought it was really important. Okay. I really did. To have such a divisive, in-your-face charge men more because of the pay gap? I don't think the men that are attending your conference are responsible for the pay gap. In fact, they would be your allies and they would be the people you want on your side. Because if we're really looking for equity, then you got to drink your own Kool-Aid. I thought it was borderline offensive.
0: Yeah, I got to admit, I got offended. And the reason that I got offended is not because I want this to be a men versus women. I'm looking at it exactly to what you said. You need men to be allies to be able to get where you need to be, especially in the tech sector. Agree or disagree, there is a lot more men in tech, right? That's just a fact. Having a competitive approach being like it's women against men, it's it's not going to help. It actually discourages diversity. I've worked a lot in tech and I have worked and mentored and been mentored by women quite a bit. It's kind of a slap in the face. It's like, no, you need to pay more. And I'm like, is that going to help you? Is that really going to help you? And it's, I guess, similar to what I'm seeing recently. And Hung Lee had something about this, like some job ads are, are being very blatant saying no white men apply. How is that improving what we're trying to do? Are we creating more divide? And my challenge is if it's brought up, it comes across as sexist, maybe racist. In this particular case uh, with Toast, I'm like, I know what you're trying to do, and I get it, and I I agree with your point. Women are paid less in the tech center than men. But is this the way to tackle it, to your point? Are these the men that attending this event, the ones holding you back? I don't think no. so.
1: No. So, no, I'd love to hear from the event organizers. Like you said, there was a disclosure of some sort.
0: Yeah, right under the ticket price. Yeah.
1: What was the thought process behind doing that?
0: Oh, I was making a point in some ways. And I get it. It's their brand, right? Like they're focused on hiring women in tech. So maybe it makes sense, but I'm like, yeah, I don't know about this approach.
1: So can I just add, I know we get accused of droning on about the same topic, but we talked last week about Amazon's return to office and the fact that they were offering three options, one of which is you can voluntarily resign, but it gets even worse because now it's been revealed that HR sent out warning emails that you've not been in the office as per the required number of days. And they were sent out pretty much en masse. It's just created absolute confusion amongst employees because you can imagine how you feel if you are compliant with a policy and HR sends you an email saying you're not because it does mean you're monitoring me. It's just created all kinds pushback from employees and relocation demands from employees. Yeah, I'll apply for these other jobs, but you're going to have to relocate me.
0: Yeah. You know what? Even if I was not in compliance and I got that email, like when we talk about bad vibes, it's a bad vibe email, right? It's big brother type of monitoring that, hey, you're not coming into the office because you haven't swiped your card. We're actually checking up on you instead of being Mr. manager or Mrs. manager coming to you being like, hey, this is a policy you're not meeting it. what can we do to help you meet this policy instead of having a targeted email to everyone? it doesn't it work was targeted that was the point. Oh, Exactly.
1: They didn't even check before they sent it out. It's just a bumble and a fumble.
0: We've talked a lot about Amazon overall and their warehouse distribution centers the so challenges that they're going to be running out of employees. This is different roles. This is their head office corporate type roles, but they're creating a bad environment as far as people wanting to work there and being one of the fan companies like Amazon's probably the lowest on the totem pole when it comes to a place that employees want to work. And is this helping them attract higher caliber talent like these types of tactics and techniques? They're going to be in a position they won't be able to hire anyone in all type of roles. And if you think about the scale and the scope of the business, the only thing really limiting them to additional growth is the ability to hire more people to be able to execute on that growth.
1: Yeah. I think we're beginning to see the start of their fall from grace. We've already seen it in their warehouse and distribution divisions. Now, I think we're starting to see the cracks. It'll be one to watch.
0: Let's jump. Into the news, last week we talked about ZipRecruiter and I said mm-hmm. the Indie numbers should be coming out. I think I said September 26th. They actually came out the day after we recorded and yep. I was really curious to see what it meant. Like, What is the difference? Because Zip Recruiter was shocking. 28% decrease in revenue, 35% decrease in customers. And Indeed was a little bit better. As probably everyone knows that's listened to this podcast, Indeed is owned by Recruit Holdings. And there is what they call an HR technology division, which include Glassdoor, Indeed, which are bunched together. It's hard to look at the overall Recruit holding numbers and be like, they're doing bad or they're doing good because Recruit Holdings, is a massive staffing company in Asia, sp- specifically in Japan. It's actually way bigger than Indeed and Glassdoor combined, which shocks me, right? I'm going to drill down to the HR technology segment because it's the one I think that we care about. So what they've seen is a 9.1 year-over-year year revenue decrease in Q1. So their Q1 is actually the last quarter of their fiscal year. US revenue fell by 13.7%, which is way better than zip. Still not great, right? Like I think they're feeling the pain of the industry that everyone is going through, but they're managing to keep it a little bit control. What I thought was really interesting is they are seeing a 50% decrease in paid job ads. There's a big disclaimer here before we go like, holy shit, that's massive. There is a disclaimer. As we all know, they have changed over to pay per applicant or pay per applicant started, depending if you're enterprise or you're SMB. So if we looked at how they measure paid job ads, now a job ad that doesn't get any applicants is no longer considered a paid job ad. As in the past, if you got a click, even if you were getting a dollar off it, it was a paid job ad, right? So that has skewed the numbers and I really want to see what that's going to look like two quarters from now. Is it going to give us a different story? But for now, like the 50% decrease in ads is not as concerning as when I saw the headline. So indeed, decent numbers what's your thoughts on all of this Shelley?
1: okay my take on this I was shocked at the 50% decrease in the number of paid job ads however there was higher revenue on average per paid job ad I still think it does speak to the fact that they changed their pricing model and It was timed about the same time that we saw some major changes in terms of candidate traffic as well Yeah, and organic traffic. I was really surprised. I didn't think it was that dramatic.
0: You're right. They're getting, on average, more from those jobs that are getting candidates. But the jobs that they weren't getting any qualified applicants, they weren't getting anything and they had to pay for clicks, I think it offsets each other. We're going to need a lot more data to see, is this actually beneficial to employers or not? Like I shared before, I think this is going to fuck a lot of employers, but again, I'll let the data speak. So I might be wrong. You know, so here's something I've always
1: believed about recruit holdings and Japanese business culture is they're in it for the long game. So even though they have seen a drop in the number of paid job ads, not quite the deep cut that ZipRecruiter saw in terms of revenue decline. They're in it for the long game. It's just the way they do business. They're less likely to measure results quarter by quarter. So we're getting all whipped up about quarterly reports, and they're already thinking about where they'll be in five years from now.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's just interesting right now because we're seeing the flow in the market that we're trying to figure out. So indeed being the catalyst of this market, it's interesting to see what type of results. But I do want to come out with a prediction, Shelly, on on this. Oh, all okay, right, go. Okay. And I've been right a lot. Like people keeping score? I've been pretty damn happy.
1: Yeah, no, I think if we kept score, we'd find out that most of the time you're full of shit. But anyway.
0: <laughs> so. Recruit right hold- once
1: and you're never gonna let us forget it. Shut up,
0: Shelly. Shut up. I'm always right. Recruit Holdings is going to buy ZipRecruiter, and it's going to happen before the mid of next year. So by June 2024, Zip Recruiter is part of recruit holdings. And that goes against the prediction I had at the start of the year that Zip Recruiter was going to buy talent. That's not gonna happen. But Shelly, let's Jump into the next in the
1: news. So I caught this article, but I wanted to run this past you because I may call bullshit on part of this article. There was a tutoring firm that actually settled a claim that alleged that its recruiting algorithm screened out applicants that were over the age of 60. And so the EOC said an applicant was rejected when she used her real birth date but received an interview when she reapplied using a more recent date. The iTutor Group was the name of the company, is an e-learning organization, and they agreed to pay $365,000 to settle the lawsuit alleging age-based discrimination through its recruiting algorithm. Okay, I read this. And I think, okay, this is what everybody's getting all whipped up about thinking that there's a robot that sees the date and somebody taught this algorithm or like AI is happening in the background. You know what I think this is? I think you're hiding behind the algorithm. They got busted, but it's a fucking human being that saw the application and rejected it because of age. They alluded to the fact that it's an algorithm. I think it's a human algorithm.
0: I do. Interesting perspective, because I got to admit that wasn't even in my thought process at all. But now that you're saying that, I you make sense, Shelly. For once, it makes a little bit of sense. I read the whole, well, not the whole, actually, the court document, tried to get an idea and understanding of it. Is it just one person? But it looked like there was over 200 people that this happened. So it's not a one-off case. And like you said, it could be technology. But there's a, probably a higher likelihood that it is actually a physical person that doesn't want a person over 60 years old.
1: Third, but ever been involved in the implementation of any sort of applicant tracking system or platform, do you not have to actually set the boundaries within its configuration? This is not AI doing it. Someone had to intentionally set the parameters within the system. It's not AI.
0: But there's a couple things that eat away. So say it is the technology, and this is a warning for all of us talent acquisition practitioners, leaders, when you're choosing this type of technology in the U.S. or in Canada, you have to make sure that you're vetting it properly because if the technology is flawed, you can still be held liable. So it's something for us to be completely aware of and asking the right questions. I think they, it's
1: an AI, though, Search. Let's, let's point just point.
0: assume it is. Let's just assume uh, no, it's not. No, no. If
1: this was configured that way. But
0: they Shelley, should be live. I'm saying in general, of any AI tools moving forward, New York City is the perfect place where they've incorporated a no-robot hiring law, I forget what they call it, But basically, the company could be held liable as you're buying technology and you're buying AI. Just be careful. That's the only thing I'm saying right there. Okay. Quickly, I'm going to give you the US job numbers. In the last month, they added 187,000 position. The prediction was around 209,000. It's really going back to pre-pandemic numbers, but it's definitely slowing down. But Still, their unemployment rate is 3.5%. It's basically zero unemployment. So we'll see what the next numbers show, but there's a little bit of a slowdown. Do you want to jump into the tip of the week, Shelley? Yes.
1: Okay. Here's my tip of the week. And I'm sending this out to everybody in talent acquisition. I'm going to throw this down and say that a sign-on bonus is admitting failure. I'm seeing it across the board regardless of industry, we're being asked to do more with less. So you end up with the open requisitions, anything north of 18, and you are no longer recruiting. So when we have no choice, then yeah, we need to pull out the one card that we have left to play. Because there's no way you can recruit if you've got 35 or 40 open requisitions. So it is, as Dr. Sullivan, a big fan of his, He calls it the tool of last resorts. If your pay rate is 10 or 20% less than market, the only way you're going to compete is to put in a sign-on bonus and talk total comp. So there's one reason. Two, it's still cheaper than paying a staffing agency. Three, it's a one-time cost because pay increases are forever. And the last point is this. It's got to be a no-strings-attached. No little asterisks or hidden clauses or strings attached where we'll pay it out to you over the course of a year. No, that's my tip of the week is the tool of last resort is the sign on bonus.
0: All right. Let's jump into the recruiting insight of Roblox.
1: Well, I would have if my kids weren't all grown up. I, I understand it's some sort of video game. Do you play it?
0: I've heard of it. I've never played oh, okay. it. I have no concept around it. But Roblox is basically a video game that you have your characters moving through life, right? I don't know if you remember Sims in the past. Yeah,
1: my boys played Sims, yeah.
0: Okay, I think it's pretty similar for anyone that plays Roblox and you're like, Shit, Serge, you don't know what you're talking. I might be wrong, but that's what I read. What I thought was really interesting, and we talk a lot about gamification of everything, right? And Roblox is decided to leverage their platform to interview and hire people. And I thought it was pretty brilliant because having people that know your product already, have played it, are maybe really passionate about it, aren't those employees that you'd want working for you? So what they're doing, just to give you a little bit of breakdown, is they're changing their hiring process by conducting job interviews within its own platform. This initiative is a part of a newly launched Roblox Career Center offering an immersive 3D experience for potential candidates. There's virtual rooms and features you're going in. Basically, it's like getting interviewed in the Meta. Even if you have never done Roblox, you get the opportunity to really learn and understand and be like, this is really cool. I really want to work here or not, right? I thought this was a little bit different. Let's leverage our platform that is very popular as a way to see if these candidates could potentially be a good fit. So what was your thoughts around that?
1: Amazing. Oh my God. Especially for early career. Because I don't think any kids really understand how you build a video game and what's all involved. Nobody'd have a clue that there's a marketing department, that there's a finance department, that there's an HR component to working there. And this 3D immersive experience is like next level stuff. It's not just a day in the life. You know, I would love to see more of this.
0: Well, you can apply for a job if you want to see it.
1: Well, so it's, it is so clever to invest in early career. It really is because it benefits not just you and the future of your organization, but it really benefits youth. And this game is targeted at kids. It's a kids game and to use it as a way to open up their thinking about the possibilities of how a company that develops video games How does it really operate? You wouldn't think of getting a finance job there.
0: Well, maybe. I I don't know. I think it's just leveraging another virtual platform to do interviews instead of the limitations of having a lot of people go into the office, do a face-to-face. And it's fun, I think. Maybe not. Like, I haven't tried it. But we got to do different things, especially if... You want to be different in the market. Why not try different things and a platform that you already have that people love, leverage it. Want to jump into the next recruitment insight. Do you want to go with it, Shelley?
1: Yeah, this was the article that everyone in recruitment was waiting to hear and see. Chat GPT is still very new and the idea that you could drop resumes into ChatGPT and ask it to point out what are the red flags. Because I think a lot of recruiters are starting to think we're not that far off. If GPT can do it, then do we really need people involved? This is the beginning of AI is going to take my job. And perhaps the mundane part of having to read through resumes, going back to our caution, if you're worried that AI is going to take your job, then obviously you've not bothered to skill up yourself on how this stuff works. Because it can flag various aspects of resumes, but it's going to point out things that we know as humans may not be red flags, gap in the work history. Is that really a red flag? Well, you need to analyze it within context. So I do believe that recruiters' importance still is needed, and I think we're quite a ways off based on what ChatGPT spotted as red flags. What was your take from this article?
0: Yeah, I was looking like, okay, what flags that it got wrong? And ChatGPT raised concerns about job stability, overlapping roles, transferable skill, employment gaps, and job change. But a lot of times AI misinterpreted or mis-evaluated the data, <laughs> which is not surprising. But let me give you some context. When I read this, my first gut instinct, I was like, that's a scared recruiter writing this or someone in the recruitment space. And it's the evil HR lady, yeah. Susan Lucas. That's her brand. Yeah. I'm not calling her that. That's what she calls herself. I, I think it was a little bit of patting on the back for recruiters. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. AI will not replace you. Let me tell you something. AI will Replace you to your earlier point if you're not upskilling, because this is still a very early version of Chat GPT and AI in the space, right? It is going to get tons better and it's going to compound a lot quicker than we can expect, right? Like it took us a long time to get here. A year from now, we won't recognize what AI is reading this, like, do I feel, oh, AI is not going to do a good job at evaluating resumes? Right now, no, it's not. If you are leveraging and counting on GPT to evaluate resumes right now, you're doing it wrong. Maybe mm-hmm. you can use it to summarize resumes. You can leverage it for other ways. But to be like, I'm going to move forward with this candidate or this candidate based on what GPT tells me about their resume. No.
1: You're about to be replaced. <laughs> yes. For being fucking incompetent, not because of AI.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I think it was just a feel-good article for recruiters being like, don't worry, our world is not going to change, but Mm -hmm. AI will replace you if you don't get with the game.
1: I feel like we got a theme going on here about choosing technology and configuring it properly and knowing what you're doing great article here when you're deciding between good, fast, or cheap recruiting technology. And everybody wants all three, but you can't have all three. So the old saying is pick two. And so which one do you want? I wanted us to chat a bit about what it means to pick good TA tech and how we define good in the context of talent acquisition. So discuss What do you consider to be the factors when you're looking at good?
0: In this context is a high quality solutions that come with a track record of success, sensible product roadmap, critical features, and seamless user experience. A good technology is like a long-term solution. You are probably putting more upfront when it comes to the actual implementation and the planning, but this is going to be a long-term play for you. It's usually the next five years. And then when we look at fast, because I've done fast as well, it's usually something that you can implement really quickly that will fix a temporary problem, something that is just a pain point that's right now, it's going to be really easy to implement. But the long term play of it might not be the best, right? It might be something that will fit for the next six months. But moving forward, it's just fast tech. It's like fast clothing, right? Like you buy something at H&M. Fast Fast fashion. Sorry, Cute. And it's very similar when it comes to tech. Then there's the cheap. Usually a lot of talent acquisition departments don't have a lot of budget, especially as you're going into smaller companies. Generally, they don't even have a talent acquisition budget, right? So your only option is getting a cheap option. And generally, this could be like even some freemium, right? I think of a couple of different tools out there that are really cheap, but do the trick. Can this get us in a better position than we are right now at a cheap price? And it's not a long-term, it's not that great, but it's going to fix like a little tweak that we need to do. For that talent acquisition person is, okay, I need to create a tech stack and I need a mixture of these. Can I get two out of three, like you mentioned at the start, or is it Okay, my long-term one is the ATS, the HRIS, those types of systems you can't cheap out. That to me is the critical one. It doesn't mean you need to buy the most expensive because we know how expensive Workday and UKG and they're not great ATS. But what's your take? Like how should a talent acquisition leader look at it when I need to build this tech stack? What tools should I have? How should I approach it?
1: So cheap scares me. You know that what scares me about it is the freemium models like Zoho offers a free model of an applicant tracking system. The problem is you will invest so much time in getting the product to do what you want it to do only to realize you've just wasted a bunch of time. I don't think cheap should ever be an option. And maybe it's because if you've ever bought something that was because you had budget restrictions or you just needed something, those are usually the products that are also abandoned pretty quickly. So I would really discourage going the cheap solution route. Honestly, there's going to be a catch somehow, some way. And if you really believe that people are important to your organization, then I always say, go for good. Not great. I think some organizations go to the other extreme and they end up buying Oracle Cloud when all they really needed was like bob. Good product. Good is product. HiBob
0: an ATS?
1: Yes. Oh. It's an HCM, right? HCM, okay. So, so what I mean is get something good. It doesn't have to be fantastic. No product is going to do everything you dreamed it would be. And if the sales rep tells you that it does, they're lying.
0: I'm going to disagree a little bit on one of the points. You can't go in with the expectation that you're going to customize the solution. You got to take it as it is and not invest any time. And one of these examples is smart recruiters has a great ATS if you're 10 jobs or less. Does it have less features? Is it less customizable? But for that company that is leveraging apply by email and it goes to someone's inbox, well, this is a way better solution and it's very cheap. Actually, it's free. But to your point, I don't think you should invest a lot of time and effort in customizing anything that is cheap or fast.
1: Well, fast in the way that you defined it, I think is really relevant. If there is a quick, easy solution for texting candidates as part of your tech stack, you know who I'm plugging, <laughs> our friends at Reptex. how long does it take to implement it? Is it expensive? No. It's not. But it's so still it, great,
0: right? And but it
1: solves a problem.
0: It solves a problem because yeah. the problem that I had, small company, right? Not a lot of budget. We were texting candidates with our phone. So, yeah. RecTex, fix that. It was cheap, fast, but also great. Yeah. So, I guess against your principle that you can't have all three, RecTex is that.
1: Not for an applicant tracking system. Not for your no. foundational piece. Don't cheap no. out on that. But yes, I think the fast and cheap is some of the bolt-on products that that obviously solve
0: other problems. Fast and cheap. Where have I heard that before? (laughs) Shelly, a couple of quick plugs before we go. Yeah. RUP HR, Halifax, September 14. We are running out of tickets. And if you are an HR tech, HR company, you should be sponsoring it. What a way to get in front of an audience of HR professionals and. Canada's fastest growing city, Halifax, Nova Scotia. The other thing is Rec RecFest. Rec Fest. If you haven't bought your tickets in Nashville, like everyone's going to be there, Shelly. Like everyone I'm talking to in this space is going to be there. So yeah. bring your team. RecFest, September 14. Also, Disrupt HR Calgary. I'll be speaking September 21st. It's going to be a blast of an event. And HR Tech. October, oh shit. October 10th yeah. to the 13th. There you go. So 10 to the 13th, right. we are going to be there. So all of these events come see us. We want to meet you and we're going to have some pretty cool t shirts, I hope. So, Shelly, yeah. on that note, have a great weekend. Au revoir. Shelly, let's face it
1: Visit www.rectxt.com, mention the Recruitment Flex, and get 10% off annual plans.